Hey, welcome to the Recruiting Trail. I'm your host, Andrew Nimick of The Oregonian and Oregon Live. We knew June would be busy, and sure enough, of course, it has been every bit as busy as we thought this week. We've got to start with the Oregon State Beavers visitor list, and and I've talked about now for about a year that this 2022 class had a chance to be Oregon State's best class in my time covering recruiting. I don't know if it'll be the best ever because Mike Riley actually had a couple of top 25 classes. I think that's going to be really tough to do. But in terms of my time covering recruiting, I think it's going to be the best class they've ever assembled. And the reason I think that is you're seeing real interest from higher level recruits. Last week, Dylan Lopez visited one of the top 25 to 30 centers in America from IMG Academy, and he left with high praise for Oregon State. He said the visit exceeded all expectations, which is another thing I've talked about. And I've heard that so many times now talking to recruits who have visited Oregon State, the facilities the 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 tour the experience it it exceeded all expectations because again unfortunately just because of the way people talk about Oregon State you don't think of them as having elite facilities and they do they have some of the best facilities in the country they're not in the top 10 but they're in the top 30 they just are 24/7 sports last year ranked them 25th this year also receiving votes that honorable mention level but they have really quality facilities. And I think people go to Oregon State and they initially think, you know, they don't hear about that. And and so it, it kind of catches kids off guard. And last year during the pandemic, right before the the dead period hit last March, that was the sentiment I was hearing from recruits is, man, Oregon State is really, really nice. It's it's so much nicer than I had anticipated. And my visit was really fun. And it you used to hear that sometimes from the two and three star kids. And I was hearing it from the three and four star kids. I'm going to come back. Well, then COVID happened. And from my experience and from my reporting, I thought, man, if they can keep that momentum going, it's not like the whole rest of the country during COVID is going to catch up to them in, in terms of facilities. I think they have a really good chance to start to turn this thing around. And this week we are seeing that. And we've seen it throughout the month of June. This week we're seeing it because there are three four-star recruits visiting. Last week, a four-star recruit, the number five tight end in the nation, visited. In week one, they had a four-star recruit visiting. And when we go down this list, and I'll, I'll go down the list that I have of official visitors as of Thursday, when we go down this list, pay attention to the offers. Because again, when we talk about improvements, Two, three years ago, Oregon State would beat out Florida Atlantic, Florida International for a Florida kid. They got Melvin Jordan, the four-star linebacker. He had offers from Florida, Florida State, and Miami. It's a different level, and you'll see that throughout the list I'm going to go over of who's visiting Oregon State. You'll see consistently they're competing against other Power 5 conference programs for almost all of their kids. There is no battle that they're in right now for the most part, certainly not of a priority target, where you go, well, it's Oregon State and Boise State and San Diego State and Montana. That's not how it works anymore. They're going up against Arizona State and USC and Cal. And as you're going to see on this list, they're beating out programs like LSU and Michigan for some of these official visits. Things are dramatically improving in Corvallis. And and I think it's going to take time for it to really jump up in the national rankings in terms of becoming a top half of the Pac-12 program. But it's a night and day difference in terms of the quality of their visitors. 
Oregon State seems to always believe in having a commit. A lot of programs do. And in, in, in an official visit weekend, you want at least one commit on campus because you know he's bought in. So he's coming in as a peer recruiter. The man this week is Texas running back Damian Martinez. He ran for 2,000 yards last year in Texas football. Uh, not the, not the most competitive league in the state, but a good, a good league and a, and a obviously a good state for football. Uh, Damian Martinez chose Oregon State in April over Georgia Tech, Kansas, and San Diego State. Now, not all Mountain West programs are created equal, and I think when we go over programs that are known for developing really quality running backs, I think San Diego State comes to mind, and you don't have to go that far back. You don't You don't have to go back to, to, to Marshall Falk. They've produced a number for a long time of really quality running backs, so that's why I include them in that list. Obviously, Georgia Tech's done a nice job. Kansas just had Puka Williams, a very, very good athlete. Uh, they do a nice job, so, so that was a nice get, and not only that, but he comes in to try to help lure some of these other kids to come with him. We'll get right into the four-star visitors, and the first one off the bat is four-star cornerback Zeke Barry out of De La Salle High School. Not only is, is Zeke Barry a really talented player, he's the number 20 corner in the nation, but Zeke Barry also, again, comes from De La Salle High School, one of the most storied programs in this, the nation when it comes to high school football. There's been TV shows about De La Salle football. There's been a movie based on uh, De La Salle football. There's been a tremendous amount of coverage about that De La Salle football program. To get in with them would be great. This is going to be a tough battle. He's got offers from Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, obviously, uh, UCLA, Utah, and Tennessee. He's already taken an official visit to Arizona. Later in the month, he'll visit Oregon. He's got a visit to Pittsburgh set. Uh, he may have already taken that one. That one was fluid. It ch- the date changed on that, so I don't know if he took it already or if he's going to take it. And then obviously Oregon State this weekend. That's going to be a battle, but he's a talented player, and he's a talented player out of California. If, if Oregon State can start landing the occasional four-star guy out of California and really enter the mix as a contender in California, that would really bolster things. So, so that's one to watch from a progress standpoint. Four-star tight end Colston Loveland is a guy I've talked about now for for quite some time because Oregon State offered him early. And when they offered him, he was a three-star prospect. He might have even been not rated on some of the sites. And he has absolutely blown up. Colston Loveland's now the number 13 tight end in the country. That's impressive, but it doesn't blow you away. Number 13 tight end doesn't blow you away. But he's rising, and he's rising very quickly. And how do we know that? Because recently he's picked up offers from Alabama, Michigan, and LSU. Taking an official visit to Oregon State, he named Oregon State his leader earlier in the process, and he's he's told me the big program, big city thing doesn't totally appeal to him. He is far more about relationships than he is about playing, not that he's not a competitive kid, but he doesn't necessarily need to play for a power, power program to feel vindicated, validated, and valued uh, on the recruiting trail, he wants to find the place where he feels like family. Oregon State runs a lot of two tight end sets, and I think it's a pretty clear roadmap to here's how we're going to get you the ball, and here's how we're going to use you in this offense. And again, Oregon State has far and away of his contenders, of his serious offers, far and away the longest relationship. They offered him really early. They believed in him really early. They prioritized him really early. He's felt that way for a long time. He's felt that Oregon State made him important for a long time. So now that he's now that he's being wooed by Alabama, LSU, Michigan and others, will the Oregon State be able to hang on to their lead? They had a lead. 
I think the last time I talked to him, I got the sense that Oregon State was kind of equal with a couple of other programs for that lead. And it wasn't Alabama. It wasn't Michigan. It wasn't LSU. Again, he's about relationships. So can they pull that one off? Uh, tight end positions, huge at Oregon State. They value it. They use two. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do there. Four-star defensive end, outside linebacker, Matthias Malachi Donaldson out of Westlake Village, California, Oaks Christian High School, another power program that's produced a number of great players. He's the number 14 edge rusher in the country with tons of offers. Arizona, Arizona State, Florida State, LSU, Oregon State, Tennessee, and many more. Again, listen to these offers. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, well, we're going against Colorado State and Louisiana Lafayette. No, that's not the case anymore. And, and maybe things will cool off, but certainly our three week sample size seems to indicate that Oregon State is recruiting at a much better level, a much better level than they were three, four years ago. This is a much improved recruiting effort. They're doing a good job. And I think they deserve credit. I, I, I'll be one to say when things are not good, I'll say it. When things are good, they deserve credit. And they have the number 14 edge rusher who's taking an official visit. You still only get five of those. You still only get to take five official visits. So to even, to even get one of those five when Arizona, Arizona State, Florida State, LSU, Tennessee, and so many other schools are involved, that's progress. Anytime you get a kid on campus, you've got a shot because you could blow them away. You've got a shot. And when you've got nice facilities, when kids keep coming away from those first two weeks and, and last, last year as well before the shutdown saying, these visits are exceeding all expectations. These visits are phenomenal. I'm really enjoying my visit. This is a great visit. When you're hearing that consistently, that means you've got a shot. Step one, get them on campus. Generate enough interest to be in their top five and get an OV. And then from there, you've got a 20% ch- shot because you got one of five and you got to blow them away. And so far, they've done a really good job with the guys on campus. So Matthias Malachi Donaldson, a really, really good player, three, four-star prospects, the number 14 edge rusher, the number 13 tight end whose stock is much higher than that, and the number 20 corner from one of the best programs in America. That's progress. Last week, one of the top interior offensive linemen in the, offensive linemen in the country from IMG Academy, one of the top two or three programs in the country currently. They don't have the long-storied 30-year tradition of a De La Salle, but right now they're competing for national championships. When you got a guy coming from Florida, like, like Dylan Lopez to check out Oregon state. And again, by all accounts that went extremely well. I think Cal's a team to look out for, but Oregon state is very much in that battle. They're doing a nice job. Very good to see Uh three-star offensive lineman, Keith Olson out of Washington. If you're looking for a potential commitment this weekend, I think he is one to watch. The complicated part of this is his offer sheet might be a little different than uh, his committable offers. He is currently, and I say currently, it's Thursday right now as I'm recording, Thursday late, Thursday evening. Um, He is on a visit currently at USC. So USC is in the mix. If that's a committable offer, uh, that's going to be a tough battle. He is a talented potential offensive tackle, six foot six, 285 pounds, Boise State, Cal, Utah, all interested in him. He is high on the Beavers. Prior to his visit, had a chance to talk to him. He is excited about this visit to Oregon State. I believe 24-7 Sports has a number of predictions that he's going to choose Oregon State very soon. He is considered the favorite on 24-7 Sports. That matches with what I'm hearing, but also... When you contact a kid and he's like, hey, I got to check out USC first, 
you got to wonder and, and just see, is that going to work out Oregon State's way? Or is USC going to floor him and say, this is a committable offer, and then it becomes a battle? But that's a good player. It's a really good player, and they might get him sooner rather than later. Something to watch. Lance Holesclaw at a Desert Ridge High School. And again, the offer sheet speaks to how well Oregon State's recruiting. This is like the sixth or seventh highest rated prospect they've got coming in this weekend. And here's his offers. Arizona, Boise State, Boston College, Colorado, Kansas State, Michigan, Oregon State, and others. He's an edge rusher. He's talented. Um, and again, you're looking at a situation where you're six, seven men down, and the offer sheet is kind of class headliner stuff from what we saw a few years ago. Michigan's in on him. Boise State's in on him. Arizona, Boston College, Colorado. He's a good player. You know, a three-star edge rusher, but he's he's near four-star status. He's a very talented kid out of Arizona. I've talked about this a number of times with Arizona, with Colorado, with Washington, with Oregon. I like seeing when an, when a prospect has offers from the top schools in his state. That's a good sign because they see him most. Lance Holtzclaw has an offer from Arizona. Arizona State is really, one, they're, they're hurting right now because of the recruiting violations and allegations, but they've also really prioritized California over their home state. And so that doesn't totally bother me, but he's got from one of the big two programs in the state of Arizona, he's got an offer, which tells me they've seen him the most and they like him. That's a really good sign. Again, three-star prospect, borderline four-star prospect. Three-star corner, Lorenzel Dubois, uh, Dubois out of Monroe, Louisiana. He's a track kid. He's six feet tall, 170 pounds. Six feet is like the absolute smallest you can be and be a corner at Oregon State. They like 6'4", Nashawn Wright. Rajon Wright, his brother, big corner. They've offered a number of 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", corners. That's what they like. But if you can get six foot, 170, really raw, but really fast, track kid, 100-meter, 200-meter track kid, you've got a chance to develop him. It may take time. It may take some time. But the reason I think Oregon State likes him is even though he's not the size profile, he's faster than their normal barometer for those six two, six three, six four corners. You need a speedster. You need a guy that can keep up with the crazy fast guy for that everybody seems to have in the Pac twelve. And sometimes those six three, six four guys, what what they have in height and length, they give up a little in speed. So you need a speedy guy. And and again, six foot's probably the threshold where they kind of slow down on offering. So they got a really fast six foot corner that they're recruiting. Uh, Lorenzel Dubois or Dubois, depending on how you say it, really talented player. I like him as a project. I don't think he starts year one. He probably red shirts. I don't think that he plays for the first couple of years raw, but I, I like the potential there. And then 2021 JC safety, Ian Massey. Uh, I think Oregon State has some depth questions at the safety position this year. I think they need a safety. Uh, Ian Massey's six foot one, 205 pounds. I, I like him. He played well this spring. He just got done with the, with the spring football season at Trinity Valley Community College in Texas. He was an all conference guy, five pass breakups, four and a half tackles for loss, 61 tackles, two picks. Talented player. Uh, his offers were mostly FCS. He did have some FBS interest, no offers. And I had a chance to talk to him. And he's he's basically visiting. And if the offer holds up and it's committable and they want a safety, I think there's a very good chance that he commits. In fact, I think it's almost a slam dunk if everything goes well on that visit. If Oregon State feels when they get him on campus that, yes, 
physically he looks the part and we need the depth. We we need some help at safety. Ian Massey's probably going to commit. I think that's that's as far as I'll go <laughs> with that. I, I it's very likely. I, I think he want you know, he said his dream was to play power five conference football. That's why he went the JC route instead of taking some offers that he had for lower level schools coming out of high school. Uh Oregon State again recently offered him just this week. He schedules a visit immediately to check things out. So as long as Oregon State evaluates him uh, in the next 48 hours and says, yeah, 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 you know what? We do need a safety coming out of, you know, coming out of our practices that we've had in the spring. We do feel like we need, we could use some help. Uh, I think he's a commit. They also picked up a commitment from a 2021 kid who visited last week secretively, somewhat secretively, uh, Sam Neuer, the Colorado quarterback, an all-conference, a second-team all-conference quarterback in the Pac-12. What a wild year in the Pac-12 at the quarterback position. Sam Neuer finishes second-team all-conference last year with, in the regular season, I believe, he had six touchdowns, five picks. And then Colorado got the the doors blown off them in a bowl game, I believe against Texas. I forget exactly who they played. I'm pretty sure it was Texas. And they just got blasted. And the stats do not look good from that game. So if you avoid that and just look at Pac-12 competition, uh, Sam Neuer played fairly well. Beaverton kid. And when the commitment happened, and, and he may end up being the starter. We'll see. It's going to be Tristan Jebbia probably or Sam Neuer as your starter. You kind of were left scratching your head because... I know Oregon State likes Ben Goldbrinson, the freshman. Uh, Sam Vidlak played great in the spring, and and I've had you know I've had Sam uh, excuse yeah I've had Sam Vidlak on my recruiting show with Andrew Nimick. We were recruiting with Andrew Nimick on Ten Eighty the Fan Thursday nights seven to eight p.m. Uh, I've had him on the show, and you know I certainly think highly of him. I think he's their toolsiest quarterback they've gotten in the last few years. They also a couple years ago got Chance Nolan, and Chance Nolan, or maybe it was a year ago. This pandemic was so long, uh, and he was the number one junior college quarterback in the country. So you're going, man, that's that's five quarterbacks that they they got on the roster. I it feels like or four quarterbacks, five with Sam, something's got to give. And then I had heard some rumblings that maybe there was some depth questions that people weren't aware of yet. And the Oregonians, Nick Daschle, uh, breaks the story a few days ago now that Goldbrinson is, is likely done for the year. He cannot resume throwing, period, until they think October. And unless there's a desperate, desperate need, I can't imagine that they're going to speed rush him and get him on the field before late November. You need at least a month to build up your arm strength, build up the strength in in your body, get football ready. So I don't see any pressing need to get him on the field immediately. I would guess he's out for the year. I mean, that seems the most likely. Then you've got Jebbia bat, still battling back from an injury. So it's going to be a battle between Neuer and Jebbia. And, and to me, if I'm Chance Nolan, and I think that's what this signals more than anything, is that Chance Nolan's further behind than maybe we thought coming out of junior college. I thought Chance Nolan had a, had a chance, no, no pun intended, to win the starting job. And the reason I thought that is I wasn't real high on Tristan Jebbia. And the reports I kind of had, had gotten back from his time at Nebraska weren't real positive. He, he was fine. He was fine. At Nebraska, they wanted to keep him. Scott Frost wanted to keep him because he thought he was he was a solid backup. But there was no feeling that he's going to develop into an all conference guy. Nothing I've seen from him at Oregon State so far tells me he's an all conference guy. So I thought, well, okay, Chance Nolan, maybe you know because he can run, because he was the number one junior college recruit uh, quarterback in the country, maybe he's got a shot to win this job. 
I don't think Oregon State must be feeling great about their quarterback situation. That That's the sense I get. In fact, I think the future is pretty bright. They like Goldbrinson. Vidlak looks good. I think their two most raw, talented quarterbacks are Goldbrinson and Vidlak. That's great for the future. It's not great for right now because you need a guy. And, and right now you almost need a warm body because Goldbrinson's out. Nolan is... Uh, is maybe probably not where you want him to be. And then Tristan Jebbia was fine, but he's coming off an injury, a significant injury. So I think this says we don't totally trust Jebbia and Nolan as our one-two. I mean, I think that's a given. You wouldn't bring in a senior who has one year of eligibility left and was an all-conference player the year before unless you felt like you needed more competition. And, and I think it means that there's probably not as much talent in the room as they would hope. With Neuer in the picture, I think you've got a better chance at piecing together, and whether that's a little of Neuer and a little of Jebbia or Nolan and Neuer or you know, Jebbia by himself, I think what you've got now with Neuer, Nolan, and Jebbia entering the fall is you feel better about your chances of coming away from that with a pretty good quarterback situation. You've got some depth and you figure out of those three, one of them's got to step up and be more than functional. I think last year it's fair to say Neuer was functional at Colorado. He wasn't a superstar, six touchdowns, five picks, ran for 200 yards and I think four or five touchdowns, but not superstar level. You know, in a normal year, he wouldn't have been all league. It was a really rough year in the Pac-12. A number of injuries and and players not playing well, you know, whether that's Jebbia or Shuck or Dylan Morris at Washington. Washington State had a young freshman. Uh, You know, you can go through the the conference and and it was just struggles. Uh, Keaton Slovis not necessarily having the year everybody anticipated he would have, and he might have been one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. So it'll be interesting to see what transpires with this. But clearly, clearly, if you're an Oregon State fan, you're happy in the short term with this addition because you have to figure you just increase the chances that you have a functional to good quarterback situation next year. You added a body who's got experience, who's from here, who should be able to pick up the system fairly easily. So it's something to watch. I I like the Neuer addition for Oregon State, but also long-term it, it leaves me wondering outside of Goldbrinson and, and Fidlack if they feel real good about their room. And again, Neuer's got one year left. But if you feel good about your developing talent, you don't really need him. You only bring him in if you don't feel good about what you've got for next season in terms of talent and depth. So that leaves me a little concerned. But all in all, a good addition for Oregon State, a needed addition for depth and potentially, again, a starting job for Neuer. We've got to take a quick break, but switching gears, we'll talk a little bit about the Oregon Ducks. They had a couple of key visitors on campus this week, earlier this week, and also sounding like uh, maybe, maybe some more good news for the Oregon Ducks basketball program. We'll get to that right after a quick break. Hey, welcome back. The Oregon Ducks basketball program had a really busy offseason already, mostly through the transfer portal. We haven't seen the big splash with the high school kids yet too much because all those guys were done in November. Nathan Biddle, the five-star center, the, the number nine prospect in the country, he signed in November. So he's done. 
They added some transfers, and now that things are open in June, we're starting to see the ball get rolling with the 2022s. I've told you to watch Dior Johnson. He's committing June 25th. There's been a crystal ball prediction on 24-7 sports that he goes pro. I think that matches traditionally what would happen with him when you, when you've got pros as a, as a finalist. But I, again, and I said this last week, I think Oregon has a very good shot at Dior Johnson. Do I think it's a slam dunk? No. Do I think it means there's no chance he goes pro? No, there's a chance he goes pro. But I think the idea that he's just going pro because the pros are one of his finalists and he's the number three recruit in the nation, that's kind of an archaic way of looking at it because the NLI will dramatically change how that works. So Dior Johnson is one to watch. Ramel Lloyd Jr., the small forward out of Sierra Canyon recently visited Oregon, the number 68 prospect in the nation. It sounds very much like that visit went well. That's a good sign for Oregon. Ramel Lloyd, a really talented player. Again, he plays for the Oakland Soldiers, the, the AAU team in the summer. Also expected to play for the Oakland Soldiers are Mookie Cook from Jefferson. He's transferring to AZ Compass Prep. And Jackson Shellstead, the 2023 West Lynn point guard. So you could see a connection here maybe with the Oakland Soldiers, starting with Ramel Lloyd in the class of 2022. Really like uh, Ramel Lloyd. Six foot six, 190 pounds. Uh, again, that versatile six foot six. How many different six five to six seven athletic multi-positional players has Dana Altman brought in in the last five, 10 years. And Ramel Lloyd Jr. is another one of those guys. Oregon also has a visit scheduled with Zion Cruz. Zion Cruz is a combo guard. He is the number four combo guard in the country. Overall, he's the number 17 prospect in the nation. And you can just see how potentially this could work. A, a, a potential Dior Johnson, Zion Cruz backcourt Five-star, five-star, it's possible. Something to watch. Zion Cruz has a number of options. Obviously, he's a five-star kid, the number 17 prospect in the country. But Oregon, I think, is going to be in it for him, and that's going to be one to watch. Again, he is visiting uh, later this summer. So something to watch. I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, just a few seconds ago, Mookie Cook and Jackson Shellstead, and, and we've got to circle back there and talk a little Oregon high school basketball news because Rivals recently re- released their top 100 for the class of 2023. And big, massive, massive recruiting news for both Mookie Cook and Jackson Shellstead. And we'll start, I guess, with Jackson Shellstead, who went from not rated, an unrated zero-star kid, and it's early because they haven't even gotten past like the top 30 in the last rankings. He jumps all the way up to the number 59 player in America. And not only that, But Tuesday was the first day that colleges could directly contact class of 2023 athletes, and he picked up an offer from Kansas. So this week, Jackson Shellstead starts his week with an offer from Kansas. Last week, he visited Oregon State, got an offer from Oregon State. The week before, he visited Oregon and got an offer from Oregon. Gets the offer from Kansas. 24 hours later, Rivals announces that he's the number 59 player in America. Huge jump for Jackson Shellstead, and not that we didn't know this already, but he's clearly a high major recruit and a very, very talented recruit at that. Uh, really exciting to see his progression and development, and and certainly uh, I, I've had a chance to talk to him, and he's not satisfied with 59. 59 is a nice starting place. He wants to be one of the top players in America. That's his goal, and 
very similar in that way to Peyton Pritchard, where you could tell Peyton he was pretty much anything. You're going to the Nike Hoop Summit. Okay. I mean, he's happy, but now I need to go show I'm one of the best players in, you know, at the Nike Hoop Summit. And Jackson Shellstead's the same kid. You're number 59. It's a good benchmark. I've got to get better. 59's not, I'm not satisfied with that. That's not enough. And he's not saying they did a bad job ranking him. He said, I got to work harder because I got to move up the list. Really good to see. And then really, truly the headline grabbing news is that Mookie Cook climbed all the way up to the number three player in America. Number three, to put that into perspective, he's the highest rated Oregon high school basketball recruit ever. Ahead of Terrence Jones, ahead of Terrence Ross, ahead of Kyle Wilcher, ahead of Nathan Biddle, ahead of Ben Gregg, uh, ahead of uh, Nigel Williams-Goss, ahead of Mike Dunleavy Jr., ahead of Marty Lunen. Uh, he's ahead of all those guys. And what's really impressive is with this move, with this latest rise, he jumps ahead of Kevin Love, who was at number six in the nation in the class of two, 2007, and Kyle Singler who was number five in the class of 2007. I I think it's safe to say that was the most historic, their battles, their one-on, not one-on-one battles, the South Medford Lake Oswego state title battles in back-to-back years in 06, 07, were two of the best state title games ever. They were well-attended. There was significant hype around those games. They were on, on TV locally, live. It was a big deal. Those were huge games, huge. And everybody talked about Kevin Love. And everybody talked about Kyle Singler, how historically talented they were. Mookie Cook is now rated higher than they are. If Mookie Cook ends up having the career of Kevin Love or Kyle Singler, that'd be wonderful. Kyle Singler did some unbelievable things at Duke. Kevin Love, in his one year at UCLA, was a very good player, went on to the NBA and won an NBA championship, and he's a multi-millionaire, as is Kyle Singler. After his Duke career, he went to the NBA and made millions of dollars. If Mookie Cook has that kind of career, great. If he's even better than that, look out. Because just having that kind of career, the kinds of career that Kyle Singler and Kevin Love had, are are massive. Were they ever the best 10 to 15 players in the NBA? No, obviously Kevin Love was closer to that than, than was Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler was like a rotational role player. Kevin Love was a borderline all-star to an all-star for a couple of years there, certainly with Minnesota. Then he goes to Cleveland uh, and, and has been with Cleveland a long time and is, and is sort of a forgotten man in Cleveland because they've been so bad since LeBron left the second time. But Kevin Love's a very good player. And Mookie Cook is supposed to be better. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it really speaks to how great he could really be. He's going to spend his last couple of years in high school at in Arizona at AZ Compass Prep. Um, and I, and I've had a chance to talk to him about that and, and he's very thankful for his time in Oregon. He's very thankful for the Jefferson community. He did not, he does not make that decision being like, eh, Oregon's not good enough. That's not it at all. His thing is I want to be the best basketball player I can be. And to do that, I think I need to go up against elite talent year in, year out, time and time again. And you look at where AZ Compass Prep is ranked heading into next year and they're a top five program nationally. They're going to compete at Geico Nationals. The goal is a national title. And I do think that will help Mookie's development. For now, Oregon, the state, has the number three player in the nation and the number 59 player in the nation in the class of 2023. It won't always be that way because Mookie's leaving (laughs) in like a few weeks. But for right now, it's really, really impressive. And, And I'll consider Mookie an Oregonian as long as his career continues.
That's it for this week's edition of The Recruiting Trail. Thank you very much for listening. Again, we will have recaps of how the visits went and also break down who's visiting next week uh, during next week's show. So thank you. Appreciate you.